This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome, Martin. I am so thrilled to have you with us today. And essentially, we are going to be looking at um, how to apply emotional intelligence during conflict situations. And I was so excited to see your article come out on talenttalks.net with the same title recently, because I think we just need the skills so much at the moment. So welcome. Really looking forward to today. Thank you, Karen. Thank you very much for having me once again. It's uh, absolutely a pleasure to be back. And yes, you're spot on. What a timely topic that we need to look at because um, that emotional intelligence is so much connected to conflict resolutions. Uh, and I think we can all agree that we certainly have our fair share of challenges around us, especially during that pandemic. Absolutely. One of the things that, that we have been noticing um, and obviously is being reported on quite extensively now is, you know, our resilience levels have taken quite a knock just, just given where the world is at present. And what this has meant really, this, you know, lower resilience, it often means that many of us are really struggling to, to regulate our emotions. And I'm sure this emotional regulation component then really impacts on our ability to handle conflict appropriately. What have you noticed in this regard through the work that you do? Yeah, thank you very much for that question, Karen. What what I've noticed, especially during the last couple of years, is that a lot of people really struggle with the uncertainty. I think that's the right word, the uncertainty, the changes. Uh, as I mentioned before, the global pandemic uh, and all the chaos around us. So most of the people that I work with, and that actually doesn't matter uh, of the position, the age, the gender, the race or whatever we look at, I think people really crave certainty, stability and control. And that can easily lead to less resilience, as you said, and actually more conflict situations at the same time rather than solving them or even better preventing conflicts in the first place and um, i think especially when the the fear-driven uh, ego-driven kind of reptile brain kicks in you know that fight flight and freeze mechanism that we still have in the reptile brain uh, that's not very healthy because the ego kicks in and the ego really is just purely interested in knowing, judging, justifying what else, uh, uh, being right, looking good and getting even. And that is not a good motivator to resolve conflicts, isn't it? Absolutely. And in your article, what I found really interesting is you outline this mental process that we go through when faced with, with any situation, but specifically, you know, focusing on conflict. Could you tell us a bit more about what is happening in the brain when we are confronted with a conflict situation? Because essentially, as you've just mentioned, you know, it's it's this complete process that takes over. Sometimes we're not even aware of what is happening. And that level of awareness is so crucial, especially during this time. Yeah, well said. And you're, you're really on to something here. Uh, I believe everything starts with mental and emotional awareness. So, yes, the the mind and body connection, which will determine how resilient and how resourceful we are 
or not. That's the other side of the story, especially when it comes to uh, conflict situations, because uh, it, it's actually quite simple, because when we are not thinking well about ourselves and what's happening around us, then we are not really feeling well. So that's the mind and body aspect. And if we are not thinking and not feeling well, we're certainly not doing well. And if we are not doing well, then we are ultimately experiencing more stress, more anxiety, burnout is where it leaves there. Some people dealing with depression. And again, that leads even to more conflict rather than less. And that should never be an option because if it costs you well-being, mentally or emotionally, then it's too expensive. So to really get into your question there and to elaborate on what we said with uh, the first part almost, the, the mental process is yes, uh, if the fear-driven brain kicks in, the brain quite often only thinks it has three choices. It's the get out, which is the flight mechanism, give in or do nothing, which is freeze, or take over, which is fight. And that is, of course, a win-lose scenario. And again, doesn't help with uh, conflict resolutions. Luckily, there is a fourth choice. And the fourth choice is actually going for a win-win. And I mm -hmm. call this the collaboration in building long-term relationship. And that's exactly where emotional intelligence comes in. Because we are not only need to have the ability to articulate words in a conflict situation, and I believe too often we're focusing so much, what should I say, do I get that right? Instead, we need to be able to articulate. In other words, we need to be able to connect on an emotional level with the other person. So the emotional intelligence to connect with them through trust, but also compassion and trust and compassion are a really important part of emotional intelligence. And this is where we bring our IQ, so our intellect, together with our EQ, our emotional intelligence. And this is where we can adopt the mindset of uh, let's not do it your way or my way. This is where we can actually say, you know what, let's do it the best way, which means a way that works for both of us. So again, that win-win mindset that is so crucial uh, to adopt. And that's the only way to resolve or even more important to actually prevent conflicts in the first place. Absolutely. And I, I think that is critical, but it's quite a, a step to get there. So, you know, when we are caught in that reptilian brain and, and essentially a lot of us are at the moment. So, and, and we're also at a point where we're kind of thinking that we're okay. We're in the survival mode. We're not necessarily that aware of those emotions that are just just beneath the surface, you know, that's kind of creating this, we're almost ready to explode or disengage in certain situations. So we're, we're not straddling a middle ground very well. And that often leads to us not being in that win-win state of mind. So how do you recognize, How would, what would you recommend that an individual does when they're in that situation? What are the signs to show them, you know, they're either going to go into a, a massive kind of overreaction or a complete underreaction? And how do they pull themselves out of that at that moment, create that space for that awareness to come through and then move forward? In other words, how do we take control of this? 
Yeah, probably I can elaborate on what you said, and I think there was a really a lot of gold within that question already, uh, because we often focusing so much on behaviours that we don't understand what's really underneath. It's that iceberg metaphor. Mm. We're focusing on what's happened last. So everything that happens before the behavior, we quite often delete because it's under the surface. And I'm talking about the thoughts, the feelings, our values, our human needs. And that probably doesn't sound very inspiring, what I'm going to say, but with the situation that we are in, I don't think life uh, probably gets very much easier at the moment. But the beautiful thing is we can get better at it by understanding how we actually create behaviors in the first place. And the way we cope with that uh, and what's happening around us, that's an important part as well, is utilizing exactly that emotional intelligence. And I think Jim Rowan uh, said, or Jim Rowan, I think it is, who said, don't wish it was easier, wish you would be better. Don't wish to have less challenges, wish to have more skills. So one of the first thing we need to do is we need to really understand that we are not a product of our circumstances and quite often what we observe. Uh, we need to actually embrace that we are a product of how we interpret things with our mindsets and how we choose to respond back with our actions and behaviors. So how do I stay connected or in control of our emotions? Well, the first thing is really we need to separate the person from the behaviors that I outlined in the blog and remember that needs met or unmet are actually driving behaviors. I often use the metaphor of Hulk, you know, Hulk, uh, he smashes everything. The green monster, you know, is completely in rage. Um, but we know that this is just a behavior and we know that there's a, a much more beautiful, gentle and calm person within Hulk, which is, what's his name, Eric Banner, I think. Very, very compassionate person. So what I'm saying here is we need to accept the person, but we need to calibrate the behaviors. So don't get caught up in what you see. Be curious what's happened underneath the surface, and that is much more important. So what I'm saying also is appreciate their positive intention because the experience that I have, if somebody is a bit aggressive, if somebody may even yells at me or, or other people, what are their needs? What is their positive intent? Now, of course, it can be challenging not to buy into their unresourceful strategies, but if we choose to buy into their strategies, we actually are very dependent on their mindset and we become part of the problem. So as a leader, we need to appreciate the positive intention. Absolutely. And this is obviously the big role that compassion plays is, is learning not to not to react to their reaction, but to step back and, and really analyze and understand where that's coming from. And I'll never forget there is a there is a quote, it's always stuck with me now for the life of me, can't remember, you know, who it was by, but it's we we judge ourselves based on our intention and yet we judge others based on on their behaviors. And I think that is you know, in itself, something we need to step back and, and look at what the intention is behind there, what is underlying that surface, and look for a solution at that level as opposed to becoming just reactive 
to, to what is on display at that particular point in time. Well said, well said. That's exactly what emotional intelligence is, stepping back. And uh, I think it was uh, Viktor Frankl who said, between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. So in emotional intelligence, what I've also learned is quite often we need to do the counterintuitive thing. As more we feel we need to speak, as more we should listen. As more we feel that our voice should become more loud, as more we need to step back and be calm and gentle. So yes, there is a space between interpretation and respond. And just coming back to maybe my example, if somebody does yells at another person, what is their intent, as you beautifully said? I probably think their intent is that they want to be listened to, that they want to be understand, that they maybe crave some sort of appreciation or, or validation. And at the time, of course, the behavior is not what we really feel respected by, but can we blame them to get the validation or, or being listened to? I think we all want to be listened to. So as more we step back and actually sip and listen, as less the other person is then inclined to keep screaming or speaking over you. And that's what I call emotional intelligence and true influence at its best. Absolutely. I have another question uh, for you, and that is really around the question of boundaries. You know, so often people think or or say, you know, it, it's crossing my boundaries or put these boundaries in place or I don't want my boundaries to be crossed, so I'm not going to allow somebody to engage me that way. But it's a very fine line between stepping back and creating that space and allowing your boundaries to be crossed. How do you know where that line is? Yeah, that's a really good one. And thanks, that gives me probably the the opportunity to elaborate a bit more because that's that's actually a question that probably a lot of listeners have as well. I, I spoke about win-win before and to me win-win, the first win in the equation is I want to win. So this is pretty much the boundary that we set as you outlined, the boundaries of saying, you know what, I have to see, and I'm referring to two C's here, I have the courage to step up for what is truly important to me, what I value, what I believe in, and my own feelings and thoughts. But at the same time, I also have the same amounts of compassion, which is then the win for the other person. Now, the people who are really good with emotional intelligence, I probably believe that it is a very easy to achieve a win-lose mindset and a win-lose outcome. The problem with that is nobody wants to really lose, isn't it? Absolutely. And if we make other people lose, we better watch our back because the next time they have a chance to win, they will probably backstab us because at least they want to get an even number and that's the ego again. So to answer your really answer important question is, Yes, have the compassion and the courage to stand up for yourself. Now, you also have a choice to say, you know what? If somebody yells at me, 
we need to ask ourselves simply, does that have anything to do with myself or does that have to do with the unfulfilled needs of the other person? So I'm saying here, we can protect ourselves by interpreting events in a positive and resourceful way. And this is what we call deletion, distortion and generalization, especially the distortion. Quite often, if somebody yells at us, we're making it about us, but it's not. Mm. It's about the other person. And as more we can say, you know what? That is not my problem at the end of the day. And I can see there are unresourceful or unfulfilled strategies by the other person. So I'm not taking on your problem, but I'm here to support you. I have to articulate with you. I have compassion. So how can we make this work? Absolutely. And, I and think very that's the beautiful balance between setting boundaries and being there for another human being. Absolutely. And part of that is also, you know, removing our own egos when somebody's screaming at you long enough to stay, you know, take that, take that moment. And the last question for today is really around, I think all of us at some point have been pushed over that edge and as much intelligence we want to practice in that moment, there are times when we fail miserably. How do we how do we take control of that situation when we have messed up, when we have lost our temper, when we have crossed you know, those boundaries or shouted at someone or not acted appropriately at the, in that moment? How do we go about fixing that? Oh, that's a that's a good one. And uh, let let me let me be counted in with with um, that situation. And I have to agree. Sometimes I'm a bit of a hypocrite. I have all these wonderful leadership strategies. Am I going to apply them all the time? Unfortunately, not. But that makes me human, and probably that answers the question. We quite often need to be kind to ourselves. Uh, yes, we have good days, we have better days, we have worse days, and we have ugly days. And yes, sometimes we wish we wouldn't have done or said what we've done in a situation. But coming back to the mindset, we probably felt at the time being that this was the best or the only way to fulfill our values. Now, hindsight creates a lot of heroes, isn't it? But what I'm also saying is, it is never too late to actually apologize and to have the the, the confidence to go out there and say, you know what? What's happened yesterday? This is not who I am. This is not what I believe in. And that's certainly not how I would like to be perceived. So I do apologize what's happened yesterday. Can we have another chat and fix it with a win-win mindset where we sit down and find solutions that are working for you as well as for me? And I think that's an important part that we are forgiving with other people, but also with ourselves. Absolutely. I think that's, you know, compassion both ways, both for others, but also also for ourselves, because we, we are also only human at the end of the day. And that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Martin, I've really enjoyed my time with you today. Thank you so much. Your article is, is fantastic as always, and I'd highly recommend that listeners uh, log on to talentalks.net to go and have a read of that. And just really inspiring. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and I really enjoyed the conversation.